welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. <sighs> it's a bonus episode because I'm bored. Like, really, really bored. Like, I keep looking at the clock and being like, are, are you serious? It's only four? It's only four. It's not even four, guys. It's like 3.50. I'm just rounding up to try to make myself feel better. Um, yeah. I've been out, bouncing off and on the Xbox finished a book uh, I should go outside is what I really should do I actually did promise myself that I would do that right after this and also um, I finally got around to cleaning my fish tank which is something I've been putting off for days despite not really having anything better to do like it's legitimately my only responsibility and yet I refuse to do it but I finally did it just because I got bored enough I guess I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever t like cleaned like a really big like an aquarium-sized fish tank. It sucks. I would not recommend it. Um, those bowls, p like painful as it may be to get the fish in and out into like a separate bowl while you clean his main bowl. Honestly, much easier, much quicker. But I'm not here to talk about fish bowl cleaning. I'm sure. I'm sure there is a podcast about fish, right? There almost has to be. And I'm not talking like fishing, like literally scientific, like fish stuff. It has to be. I'm going to try to find it. And maybe I'll start one because that would give me something productive to do. Um, no, I'm just kidding. None of that is true. Uh, there definitely is is a fish podcast, though. There definitely is. There has to be. But I'm not starting it if there isn't. Good. Glad we established that. Okay. Um, I watched a couple movies. And uh, a lot of them I thought were, you know, like, interesting enough, I had thoughts, but I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't think that they deserved their own episodes, like, that they warranted their own episodes, and on top of that, I was kind of thinking, like, well, I'm going to be doing a bunch of episodes, like, shotgunning a bunch of, of episodes about different movies, and then, you know, I'll be staggering those releases, by the way nothing more satisfying than like looking at my like my editing bay where where all my episodes live and um and all the audio files are like there is one place where you can find literally every audio file and just scroll through them but there's also you know there's a page where there's all the episodes with with the individual files like in the episodes where they belong so there's nothing more satisfying than being on that page and seeing like stuff that's like a different shade of gray there's like um you know, everything's like a light gray, and then there's some darker gray stuff with like a lock on it, and it says like, um, not published yet, and I'm like, oh, I'm holding stuff on, I got like unreleased tracks, uh, that's, that's fun, I, that's kind of why I like to stockpile these, and then just wait to release them, because it makes me feel like I have like stuff I'm sitting on that I'm just like, you know, I'm not ready to release it, that's so cool, but um, but yeah, but I figured by the time I'm done with that, I don't know, I don't know, it's just like the thoughts wouldn't be as fresh and I'm, I'm focusing on, on other episodes and uh, it would just be, I don't know, I just decided that it would be more fun to talk in a more free-flowing format uh, like I did on the, I th yeah, the most recent episode uh, at this point. The next one, the one that will come out tomorrow, that's a lot cleaner and a lot shorter because I saw the disaster that was the episode before it and decided that I need to make some serious changes. So, um, this is more of, of the last episode, because, I don't know, I kind of like going off on tangents sometimes, so 
Uh, this is bonus number eight, tangents. That's that's what we're gonna say. Uh, but yeah, Casino Royale. I, I finally checked that out. So actually, every or maybe not every, but the vast majority of the uh, 007 movies hit Amazon Prime yesterday, and I'll probably watch a few and talk about them depending on whether or not I think the episode would be interesting enough. But um. But yeah, so this is the second Bond movie I've ever seen, which is probably blasphemy, but I don't know, I just never really, it's kind of one of my biggest pop culture blind spots is uh, James Bond, but the only one I ever saw, and this is really embarrassing, but it was the most recent one, it was Spectre, which is, ooh, hot mama, that is a terrible movie, that is really, really bad, and there's not a chance, uh, just quick side note, there's not a chance that this next one isn't going to be just... A complete train wreck but I digress um, so I've never seen anything before that none of the original ones none of the uh, Pierce Brosnan or um, uh, Daniel Craig that's not true though I've seen Spectre shoot I'm blanking on everybody's names all the James Bond actors um, but but yeah I've never seen any of it Ian no Ian Fleming's the writer why can't I think of anybody uh, I don't know, but I've never, I've never seen any of them. Never seen any classics. Never seen any of the '90s stuff. Never, like, never touched it. And um, I just picked up uh, Casino Royale like years ago uh, from. I honestly don't even remember where, on DVD. So it's not even Blu-ray. So I definitely didn't buy it new. And uh, because I heard such good things, it's the best of the Daniel Craig Bonds. It's. Um, you know, it's a really good action movie, good spy flick, and I was like, all right, cool, and then I never watched it, and then I was, I was kind of thinking, and my dad was talking about Bond for, for some reason, and I was like, hey, you know what, I've never watched, but we, actually, we have, is Casino Royale, so we threw it on while my mom did a book club on Zoom, and, uh, and it was, uh, it's a lot of fun, I might have fallen asleep <laughs> during the during a very large chunk of the movie, but it honestly didn't feel like it because that movie ah, it feels pretty long. Like at the end, I was like, okay, where are we going with this? Because it just gets to a certain point where it just seems like it's kind of spinning its wheels, and it seemed like um, it seemed like they were starting another movie almost, like uh, the second Jason Bourne movie, which. Oh, Damn, I gotta talk about the movie, those movies on this podcast. But the second one is, uh, it begins with him, and he's, like, in his happily ever after state. He's living with, uh, this girl. I don't know if they're married or not, but they're, like, definitely, you know, super involved, very happy. Uh, and then the spy guys come back, and they kill her, and that's, like, the cold open to that movie. And that's what sets the plot in motion for that one. And it kind of felt, like, at the very end of this, they had that whole thing planned. Like, that they could have cut it off with, like, Bond's living happily ever after. But then they also wanted to include that part of, um, of the, of the beginning. Of, like, what, what the next story would be to, like, wrap that up. And that, I don't know, it just seemed like they're not sure where to go. And maybe that could have been written better, the conclusion. The, the last couple of shots, that stuff is really cool. Very classic James Bond. I liked a lot of that. And, um... And I liked the action in the climax, but it did feel like it went on a little bit, uh, a little bit long. It was, I don't know, it was dragging a little bit. But again, maybe I wouldn't feel the way that way if I didn't fall asleep. But 
I mean, guys, my dog is so cute, and he's so soft, and I just, like, you know, he came over, and he laid down next to me, and I was, like, I don't know, just conked out. I don't know. But, um, actually, speaking of the action, the the action in this movie is really, really good, and it's definitely a highlight. The very beginning, from uh, everything from, like, the very impressionistic noir opening, which I really, really enjoyed, especially how they kind of work the traditional Bond credits into this cold open I was like oh that was cool I didn't see that coming and so I was already impressed by that and then you get the bond thing which is interesting it's an it's an odd tradition I mean I guess you would feel weird if it wasn't there because it's um you know it's classic bond but it's weird to when you see examples that like go against the traditional form like now like the more modern way of doing credits is just saving them all to the end but, but this is more old school. This is still um, a hallmark of like the 60s and 70s when this stuff used to be more prominent. So uh, so it's cool. It was just it was just kind of weird and it got me thinking about like um, about different credits where like the credits are actually a big deal. And I don't have a ton of examples, but um, but this, Star Wars, well, I guess it's not credits, but I mean, like, an opening, like, that has to be in every one, um, and then, uh, and Mission Impossible, which is more, uh, like, the spy angle, and I thought, uh, I think I like Mission Impossible credits better, just because it's the same song, so there's more of a sense of unity, and I think that maybe if it was just the traditional James Bond theme, that maybe they'd be more enjoyable, because I feel like with a lot of them, I don't like the song. This was definitely one of those times. Um, and, I, and I don't know. That's weird. Because while I haven't seen a lot of the movies, I've definitely heard some of the songs. And it's very hit and miss. There's a lot of ebbs and flows in terms of the quality of those songs. So, I don't know. That was my, my long-winded way of saying all that. But I, I actually do think that it is cool that this serves as a, as a counterexample to, to the more contemporary way of doing credits and I also like that while I don't love everything that that's at the beginning it does provide an opportunity to have a like wide variety of artists come in and, and do their take on on James Bond and I think that's that is pretty cool but um either way I right after that then I was also super impressed with the parkour and the the shots in this movie were really good like the way the camera just moves with the characters and um, and it does let a lot of of action breathe, which is something I like. I am a type of person who, when there's a an action scene, I tend to count the cuts because I'm always a a big big proponent of you should you should only cut when you absolutely have to. I would so much prefer a long one take action sequence, something like um, something like. Uh, Daredevil. Those Daredevil action sequences, there's one in every season. Oh, baby. Highlights of every season. The, the, the one in season three, there's a moment where the, the camera, like, sweeps low, and they're, like, escorting him uh, as Matt Murdock, like, out of the prison, and there's, like, smoke, and the alarms are going off, and I was like, oh, holy shit, I love this. But, um, but yeah, when you have room to breathe with an action scene, that is my favorite thing. I don't like when it's like one cut for the for the fist starts to go, and then there's a cut when he hits, and then there's a cut when he like falls, and then there's another angle, and then it's like three cuts before he falls, and then there's another cut to the guy. 
and then there's like a cut when he turns around like what like stop cutting just just let it breathe i think that's a lot better so when there's a lot of like long shots and like low sweeping angles and like like a circular crane shot that like pulls around the action in this i was like that is really good and especially for parkour where a lot of it is what's cool is when you can make it flow when you can like make it look good together because a lot of moves are pretty easy to pick up and and even to put into practice but it's the art form is then in that case making it like look fluid making it go well together so when the shots match the tone of the action fantastic i was really really impressed by all the parkour in this and um and yeah so it's like off to this amazing amazing start and while the action is pretty solid throughout the whole movie i do not think that it ever tops this um there's some cool creative stuff especially like later on with the uh with him having to defibrillate himself it's not technically an action beat it's more like you know more suspenseful but then that does lead pretty much directly into there's like a little bit in between but it does lead pretty quickly to um to his girlfriend getting getting kidnapped and then i love the instead of him like racing off to rescue her from you know the traditional bad guy putting the girl on the train tracks they've basically turned him into the train and they put her in the middle of the road and he has to crash his car and that's how they incapacitate him and everything that was really really all a lot of well a lot of fun that sounds sick but it is it's creative and it was cool to, to see all that but I don't think the action ever tops the the beginning. There's just nothing to that level. It doesn't have that much momentum. It doesn't have that much creativity, especially with how he's like taking out the guys without killing them and really touching them. He's just like shooting stuff around them and then and then just keeping, you know, keeping running away. I don't think it ever it ever tops that, which is unfortunate cuz that was kind of something I was hoping for was to like, oh shoot, if this is the opening, like I can't wait to see where it gets to by the end, but I don't think it ever really reached those heights again, which is a little disappointing, and that's probably one of my one of my complaints with the movie. But um, the ending scene—it's not bad. It's—it is also creative in its own way. It's got the very similar thing of him shooting the things around them, and there's like the very unique and and like not common uh, uh, ticking clock of literally a building sinking into the water, which which was cool, admittedly, but. I don't know, it just, it wasn't, I, just, I don't think it all came together quite as well, but, um, but aside from that, I do think I really love the whole vibe of this movie, I love Daniel Craig as Bond, I like how he's, like, witty and quippy, and how, um, he is very good at doing the traditional, like, whining and dining a woman thing, which is, uh, a hallmark of James Bond, and, um, I appreciated, like, his, uh, his interactions with the agency, it's mostly M, but, um, but I liked like all the the spy conversations and and you know there's there's a very specific way that people talk in spy movies and I am a sucker for that I always get a kick out of it just like uh, you know everything's super important and it's just got all these you know these words that sound super governmenty and like spy talk like I, it's kind of hard to to do like to describe but I think you know what I'm talking about and I and I'm a big fan of that I think all these actors were really well cast to be able to pull off all that and i like that and then besides that i like the villain he was definitely a highlight um i know james bond is traditionally has really great villains and this is definitely not an exception he is a really really great villain and i love that the twist with him is that 
he's in this situation because of desperation, which is definitely something unique among the bot villains, great as they may be, charismatic as they may be. I think a lot of it, I mean, again, I'm not the most well-versed, but that is kind of the uh, the origin point for stuff like Dr. Evil, for, for that, like, taking over the world, like, um, you know, total domination kind of villain plot that and it's like all ridiculous kind of schemes and i like that this guy is just driven by desperation and by having no other options and by having to cook up something outlandish just to just to survive that's really interesting and that makes him uh just it just gives him a different vibe and i like that he's very human like he you know you can visibly see he's got injuries he's you know he looks battered he looks beat up at a lot of times and i i enjoyed that because it gives him a a more human quality more less uh, larger than life quality and i think that was really a, a unique and uh and well done choice and then oh, i had one more thing um the villain was great uh, I was a little disappointed there was no Q. I know they're kind of going a different route. They're trying to make this version a little grounded because in the 90s it got crazy with all his gadgetry and stuff. And uh, and I think there's a way to, to do that scene, the traditional, like, here are the usual refinements kind of thing, and still keep it grounded. Something like uh, like the the upgrade scenes in, like, The Dark Knight and, um, and Batman Begins, that kind of thing, where, like, they're still showing you all the new tools, but it's not completely ridiculous. I think that would have been a fun inclusion. I was a little disappointed that that wasn't in there, but um, but I mean that's not a big thing in the in the grand scheme of things. It's just something that I think would have been would have been fun to see. And uh, and oh yeah yeah yeah, I enjoyed the relationship between um, James Bond and uh, uh, that girl. <laughs> I don't remember her name, but um. But I, I enjoyed them together. I think they had good chemistry, and a lot of their one-liners back and forth were really good. And I enjoyed that their relationship was built on conversation. And it was like they legitimately did grow to to learn each other and to actually, you know, fall for each other over the course of the movie. It wasn't just kind of like, a, well, the hero and the love interest have to get together in the end, so they will. I like that she was capable and that she had her own things going on the whole time. And that she was very similar to the Sheik and that she was just driving, you know, everything that was driving her was being desperate and having, uh, you know, running out of options. And then I also appreciated that she saves his ass a couple of times. Like, she makes the deal with them to, to save him in the first place. And um, she's the one that gets out of the car and defibrillates him and everything. And, and obviously, he saves her a few times, but... But I like that it's more even. I like that she's not a total damsel. I was appreciative of that. And then, um, uh, I appreciated that the, that the crux of the movie, the narrative crux of the movie, was poker. Like, it's not, um, I don't know, it's not something more traditionally action-packed. The suspense is completely generated from people looking at each other across the table. Like, that's really cool and really unique, and I think they did it all really well. So yeah, this is definitely a kick-ass movie. I don't know how many times I'm going to watch it again, just because it is pretty long, and there are 24 other movies that I could check out before I get back to this one, but um, I will start go back around to it at some point for sure. It's, it's a lot of fun, and I would highly recommend it. 
And then, kind of on a whim, last night, this is probably as disconnected from Casino Royale as you could get, but, um, I watched the Aladdin remake. Uh, so you know how I feel, it's pretty well documented on this podcast, that I detest the Disney live-action remakes. I think it's stupid, and it's blatantly lazy. It's, like, the mo- it's the textbook definition of a cash cow. Or cash grab. You know what I meant. God, so this kills me to say, but I I actually enjoyed it. Now you're probably wondering if you hate him so much, then why did you watch it? Um, well, I watched it because my dad wanted to watch it, and I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll try to keep an open mind. I will do my best, and I think that was a good idea. Good, good one, me, because keeping an open mind going into it and being like I've heard mixed things I've heard some people hate it I've heard some people really like it so I'm gonna try to to just make my own opinion about it and and I'm just gonna try to wipe wipe the slate clean pretend I don't hate everything about these the these Disney movies but um but yeah that was actually a pretty good idea and that actually kind of worked because I did end up enjoying this from the beginning I was a little skeptical because as soon as we we start with like the boats and Will Smith starts singing and I was like, what the hell is this? And then um, we get into like Arabian Nights and everything and I was like, no, no. But then um, once we actually get into into the stuff with Aladdin and him on the streets and him... uh, like doing his his thief thing and, and we get to actually see this world I was actually starting to get really impressed and then as the movie kept going I warmed up to it more and more um I don't think it's perfect I don't think it's better than the original uh, not even for a second um but I did think it was enjoyable enough I will probably not watch it again however I don't totally hate it um I think the one of the best things about it is that it's actually colorful and that the cinematography has energy it matches the um it matches the the bright colorful very visually loud uh atmosphere of this movie and it's meant to like it's it goes well with with large bombastic uh and like energetic musical numbers that's really cool and i'm very glad that it does that because one of the things that i think is this is the worst one of the worst complaints that i have about the the new lion king is how unemotive everything is it's lifeless like if i just voiced over my dog's inner thoughts like it's not gonna be as funny or as cool or as interesting as it would be if i had an animated version of my dog who was expressive whose you know freaking character matched the voice um yeah like it's just there you lose something when you translate something from from animation to live action it just can never be quite the same but they actually did a very good job of capturing the like an animated look and making it very colorful and making it pop like the water is so blue and the sand is so orange and then like there's just an explosion it's like they just dumped every color of paint that they could find all over this town and that was really cool and I liked the the, how the costumes were very similar to what they were in the actual um, in in the original, but they just added like some detail and some and some newer elements to them. I really appreciated that. I thought that all the the design of all that was really good, really well done. 
And so that was one of the things I was immediately impressed with. And then like, I was just talking about action and sweeping shots and not a ton of cuts. That is something that's really good about this movie, too. Um, Guy Ritchie, man, how the mighty have fallen. But um, th- that being said, I still think that this movie was really well directed. It's certainly not... It's it's not like old Guy Ritchie. It's not to that level. But it is still pretty impressive, and it does have enough visual flair and uh, competence, especially in the action scenes, that this... Um, you know, you can tell that that this was in the hands of somebody who who is really talented, and I was I was happy to see that because a lot of the stuff can get a pretty cookie cutter quality. Like you could tell me that they were all directed by the same person, and I wouldn't I would not think twice. Like you tell like the the Lion King, the Jungle the Jungle Book, really? Those are John Favreau movies. Like if I didn't know that, I wouldn't believe you because nothing about it screams John Favreau it doesn't seem like the type of movie he would make and this this actually does kind of minus the magical elements um well I guess he did make that King Arthur movie so maybe he's more into magic than I would I would think I don't know never met the man but um but like it is a thief doing thief stuff and it is like an action-packed kind of weird kind of dingy and dirty to certain certain parts of it uh kind of movie and and so i guess this this does kind of make sense it does have um personality and i think that's one of the things i appreciated the most about it um however this movie is not perfect and while all the action really worked for me the musical numbers maybe not the best singing in the world uh, especially from aladdin i think uh naomi scott i think that's her name who played jasmine her pipe she got pipes but uh, but Aladdin himself, not as much. He's he's more mediocre than he is great. Not bad, better than I could ever do, certainly. But um, but just not nothing to write home about. I guess is, is a nice way I would put it. Um, despite all that, and despite the, the romance really working for me and and everything, although it did stand out to me this time that like uh, this is very similar to Romeo and Juliet in that they literally meet and they spend like. I don't know, like, three scenes total together before the climax, and then it's, like, marriage time, like, okay, okay, um, whatever you can do to get away from that really weird white guy, uh, I don't know what his deal was, but, um, but yeah, uh, the villains, everything with the villains, good god, I was unimaginably bored with everything that was going on there, and especially at the very end, with all the stuff with his wishes, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? This is, this is stupid. This is stupid. Now listen, I know that you can't just completely take away all the suspense, but like, holy shit, are you, are you serious? There's no other way out of this than to grant his wishes? He says earlier in the movie, he's like, you're breaking my heart, kid. I broke the rules for you. And for what? Like, so you're, you're acknowledging you can and have broken the rules. So, there's nothing in the movie that says that when he makes a wish, that someone makes a wish, that the genie has to grant it. Like, you know, that's that's implied, but you never, like, see it. That's never specifically stipulated by the movie. So, it doesn't make sense why it would be, like, he has to do all this stuff. And, like, there's no reason that he couldn't just be like, eh, I'm actually not really feeling it with you, and just, like snap him away and make him go into oblivion like that, that, i don't know that just didn't sit, sit very well with me um i think i think i should have written some of that stuff down because i finished it very late at night um 
and uh like I don't know here's some more stuff that I thought about it in the moment but but I think more of that was just because I was bored I didn't like the guy who who played um who played what's his name Jafar yeah Jafar I didn't really like him and I was just completely uninvested in everything that was going on with those characters I think that this would have worked better honestly if you just took it all out because especially towards the end it just started to feel really long and really bloated and the his him being like a quote-unquote all-powerful sorcerer and I was like really that's an all-powerful sorcerer like if he was as powerful as he you know wanted to be it would be something more like Thanos in Infinity War not like bird like I was I was so unimpressed with all that it was like for all the visual dynamics and all the really creative imagery in the, in the beginning, it was like by the end, maybe those guys were tired, so they brought in the, the second seed, and, and they were like, uh, what about a giant parrot? And and they were like, okay, good enough. We need to make our release dates to make the shareholders happy. So, um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Everything that that just, just really, I just did not like. I think there would have been more than, than enough. Um stakes and tension with him debating on what he whether or not he wants to tell her and tell her the truth her feeling betrayed the stuff with maybe her running into more conflict with her father and being like this is tradition how dare you spit in, in the face of tradition he's not a prince he's a street rat he steals from my soldiers like absolutely not and um and maybe it gets increasingly harder and harder for him to get into the palace. And even if he did, he's not sure she'd even want to see him. Like, all of that. And then, maybe, not that I really need to see this, but maybe you could also devote some of that time to Will Smith's character, uh, to Cheney. Wow, I'm <laughs> uh, literally the easiest thing to remember. But um, him and his relationship, because, wow, that was very underdeveloped. It's like at the end, they're like, we're going to be a couple now. And I was like, are you? Why? You spent like a walk together that we never even saw. And again, not that I need to see that, but I'm just saying there's other avenues for this. And I'm sure you're like, but it, it's the villain. It's the big villain. You, you can't take it out. And yes, I know there's no way that ever crossed their minds. But A, then you make it more interesting. B, definitely choose a different actor. And see, just like try to take it in a different direction because sometimes there's room for something different. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I hate about those remakes is that it's basically shot for shot. And I just, that's why I just don't understand why they do so well because it's literally the same thing. But look, it's people now. Like, I don't know. That's just never interesting to me. So seeing a version of this movie where, um, where something, you know, it was like different maybe would have been cool and and i'm sure you're, you're probably saying like but aladdin's a classic and you're just writing a different movie you're right so why don't they just make a different movie that's all i'm saying anyway i'll get off my high horse about these remakes i enjoyed it enough i just think that they're they could have done something different with um with the antagonists especially because it's basically just a love story, like a contemporary love story, like almost Romeo and Juliet-esque. There's very similar elements. You just add magic and you take it to a different setting, different time period, and I think that you totally could have taken that and run with it. But um, but but anyway, I think that's... Um, I don't know. I think that this works. This is both 
the first half is a good example is all good examples if for me of um, of how to take these things in a different direction how to successfully adapt something from animation um, to to live action and then the end is where it kind of falls apart for me and where I'm I begin to grow less interested and where I think I feel much closer in line to how I feel about most of the Disney live action remakes which is annoyed bored and ready for it to be over but um but I would still recommend it overall because I think the first half is so strong that it does carry the rest of the movie to the point where even when I'm like okay we really need to wrap it up but I'm still there till the end because I do enjoy the performances I do enjoy Will Smith I enjoy no Naomi Scott um I I like the the colors and I like the chemistry between all the the performers and and so I do want to see how it wraps up but it's a little it's a little rough that's all I, I wanted to say so there's a few other things I wanted to talk about uh but I'm going to hold off, and I think there's just going to be a bonus number nine, because what the fuck else am I doing? So I'll take a drink of water, and then I'll hop back on the mic, and you'll hear that in two days. So tomorrow will be, um, tomorrow uh, you'll have Richie Rich, an episode on that. Only only like 15 minutes, don't worry, I don't talk uh, 35 minutes-ish about, um, about, um, about Richie Rich. But, um... But yeah, and then after that, bonus nine, and I'll talk about the other other four-ish things. They're like, there's four things, but they're like sort of tied in. It's very similar what I'm going to say about them. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to call it two things. How about that? So uh, next time. So yeah, yeah. But before I get out of here, I do want to do a quick grateful. And uh, and then I'll, I'll wrap everything up and um, I'll move on. So I'm grateful for... Ow, sorry, I don't know if you heard that, I just cracked my back. Um, I am grateful for the capability and ease of access of Anchor, which I'm sponsored by. No, uh, I'm just kidding, but I am, I am very, uh, I'm very grateful for the ability to create, because in the older, in the older days, uh, you, there's a very like distinct idea of like you you have to make it one way like to be an entertainer to have like uh, a radio show i guess would be the older equivalent of a podcast or like to be in the acting world or or whatever um you have to like break big in show business and you have to like study theater and do all these things specifically and it's like a, a cutthroat business and like no one's going to make it in alive or make it out alive but like i appreciate that now we have the capability and we're so connected that it's very easy to reach an audience very quickly and you can just do it from like your phone and um i'm just thinking back because we're almost 50 episodes into this we're almost like we're pretty close to probably five or six months of me doing this podcast and that blows my mind and while i still don't have a huge following and i'm trying to market more aggressively and trying to trying to i don't know make something of this um it's really crazy that just some random snap decision has actually grown a, a pretty small but but loyal and um, an incredibly awesome audience, um, and uh, and it's like just become a thing. I've I've started to earn a little money on the side because of it, and uh, and I've found out 
you know, I've worked my way to this point to figure out how I like to talk about movies and what the identity of the show is going to be. And it's so cool. I'm like staring at my notebook right now and I just got pages and pages of notes about movies that I've talked about and it's all here. It's all recorded. And it was easy for me to do. I didn't have to like study drama for four years and then, you know, just happenstance work up the money to, to get a recording studio in and then people like me or so they wrote letters into the radio station or whatever. I, I realize this is a very weird example and it's sort of based on the Johnny Cash movie that I talked about, Walk the Line, with Joaquin Phoenix. That's, like, basically what happens in the movie. Um, not the letter-writing part. Not the radio station. Listen, my point is, I'm glad that it's easy, I'm glad that it's accessible, and I'm glad that I have the ability now, in this age, to reach an audience and to have something that I can put out there to keep myself from going crazy. I have an outlet for all my thoughts about movies, and that I have, like, you know, something that I can put my mind to, that I can focus on, and work on as a creative outlet during the this time. That's what I'm trying to say. Long-winded, long way around, but that's the that's the gist. So, yeah. All right. Um, I know this was these freeform ones get out of control. Um, these are easily some of the worst episodes, but they're also some of the most fun episodes. So I appreciate the time now and then to to get to record them. I uh, yeah, but I'm gonna get out of here now. I'm I'm about done. I need. Man, do I need some water. Uh, so, in the meantime, you can find the show on Instagram at Movies and More Pod. You can follow me personally on Instagram at GVangerilli1. If you want to keep up with what I'm doing, what the show's doing, everything, that's where you can find that. If you want to email the show, you can do that at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. And that would be super appreciated. Any comments, questions, suggestions that you have, I would love to hear them. And uh, if if you've already done all that, or if you're looking for another way that you can support the show, then you can do that um, by reviewing it, rating it wherever you get your podcast. Five stars would be greatly appreciated, and it just really helps out the show a lot, and I'd appreciate it. So thanks if you've done that, and thank you in advance if you're going to. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all I have for me. I am so sorry that this got to be about as long and unwieldy as, a, as an older episode. I've been really proud of myself for keeping the, the time limit down, but um, but what else are you doing, right? right? I like to assume that you're not doing anything else. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, until next time, my name is Movies. Movie, wait, shit. My name is More, Movies and More. Wow, first try. All right, <laughs> peace.